1: To the porch. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, by examining the Word of God and especially the example of the book of Acts, Church, to see how the early church served the Lord. By delving deeper into Scripture, we discover the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The porch is an online community of believers restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. Go to solomonsporch.org to connect with us, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio at firefalltalkradio.com to connect with us as well. Make sure your bookmark is set to the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio the main broadcasting site. Subscribe to us on the Spreaker app. Get updates on broadcasts. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Make that Spreaker account a favorite and watch for new shows. We're also found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you want to support what we do, there are ways to do that, starting with a PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has less fees. We can be found as at Firefall Media Group, one word, case, on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give as the Lord leads, and thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter marked Shofar, and go directly into the lesson. And if you don't already know, I'm Richard Grund. Dates to remember, September 19th, Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, and then three days later, the Autumnal Equinox, otherwise known as Fall, will occur. Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, September 28th, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th, and many people are giving prophecy and believing that Sukkot October 3rd through the 9th, 2020, has got some importance to it. So make sure you're prayed up. Make sure you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. Starting out, praise reports and prayer requests. As always, I praise the Lord for my home, for my wife, family, sons, daughter-in-laws, little grandsons, some people call them my mini-me, um, our furry kids, and all of our possessions. I praise him for his protection over all of us, each and every one of us, for his ministry that he allows me to work. When I say that you'll never see my name on this ministry, I mean it. It's his. It will always be his. I praise him for the dreams and the visions. I praise him for healing virtues which are still available to us. I understand some people got healings last week during the first part of the War for the Kingdom. If you didn't listen to it, you probably should. I praise him for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. I just praise him for America. Do we have our problems? Yes. But we are living in a country that allows us to worship him freely, without attacks, without dangers. Now that may come down the road, but right now we are free to do this, and I am thankful. And I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. So let's get ready. Let's pray for the Middle East, for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. A lot going on in the Middle East right now. The uh Turkish Empire, the uh Erdogan, the head of uh, Turkey, is trying to reestablish the Turkish Empire. People are moving armies, stuff's going to happen. It's gonna kick off there. And today uh, being the ninth of Av, a day of uh judgment and tragedy for the Jewish people. I'm surprised. Something didn't happen, but there's always something going on in the Middle East. So let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you, Psalm 122, verse 6. I do that every day. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for America and its leaders at this time as we go through what we're going through. And this is our fault. We have neglected God. We have turned our back on God. We can say all that we want. We are a nation, uh, one nation under God, but that's really not true. We've done things that Israel was judged for, so so shall we. Thankfully, there is grace available to us under the new covenant, but I still believe that what we're suffering right now is a direct result of our rebellion to God's laws. Pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both animal and human. We are just not good caretakers of his creation, nor do we protect the little ones. I pray for missing and exploited children, the victims of human sex trafficking, a diabolical, satanic enterprise that has been around since the very beginning, run by the fallen. And, of course, they have human people that do it, the global elite and some of the very wealthy in this country, some of whom you may know by name. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. If you were a Christian in China, you're being told right now, stop what you're doing, stop your Christianity, take down all your Christian artifacts at home, get rid of your Bible or we're taking your children away from you. Maybe you live in Africa and Boko Haram has taken you or killed your family or destroyed your homes and your fellowship buildings. Come on. We live a protected life here in America, but we're starting to see religious persecution. We're starting to see the anti-Semitism, the spirit of the Antichrist is bolder. We see it in the streets. We see it on the news. It's all around us. What John talked about in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard, is coming. It's already in the world at this time. The fallen are getting ready for the appearance of the Antichrist. The kingdom of darkness is at work So let's get to work too. Pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Continued healing and restoration of my wife, Deb. And for all that are sick or dealing with injuries or things right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, let the Spirit of the living God come upon you. Whatever that area of your body, your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit that needs a touch from him, let it be touched. Open your heart, open your mind, believe and receive. Praying for protection, that Psalm 91 covering Each and every one of us should walk under for the remnant, those that have been through, those that make it through the other side, those that have been tested, those that have been challenged, those that are being called at this moment to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. For those who are called to bless, to be a blessing. If you've been blessed, then be a blessing. If you know somebody that's been blessed, then you tell them, hey, Be a blessing. And I know who you can give it to. You tell them about Firefall. You tell them about the port. You tell them about everything that SRT does. We've been praying and believing for benefactors to come through and to give us what we need to hit the road, become highly mobile and effective, to go out, destroy the works of the enemy, set the captives free. We're going to have to drive because we're not going to fly using uh, all of the uh, the masks and everything they want to put us through, and we're going to have to have our own equipment. So it's going to take a, a blessing to get back out there. Hollywood's going to need content, and we believe that what we have is worth the cost, the time, and the effort to get it out there. And once again, still praying for divine favor in the conclusion of legal matters that and adversity that our family just continues to go through. And finally, most important of all, we pray for our lost family members. My, uh, friend in Giuseppe, my friend Giuseppe in Maryland that I've asked you to pray for spoke to him, and he said he's feeling better, and he thanks everyone for their prayers. Stacy in Texas, both her and her husband, Neil, had prayers answered for new jobs. Kim in Fort Mitchell reports that she's doing much better. If you remember last week, she said she and the family had COVID-19. She's um, praising him for her salvation, her sobriety, and his never-ending unconditional love. She praises him for her children, husband, dog Bruno, family, friend Stacy, the porch community, and everything he provides for us. said, I praise him for a good job in these uncertain times. Father, please make this legal matter back in Germany go away. Take away the worries that come with it. Please keep my mother safe and healthy, as well as my brother and his family in Germany. She's praying for healing in her family over our bodies, minds, and spirits Praying for complete restoration. Help us to forgive each other. Deliver us from feelings that are not of you. She's asking for provision for our family and as well as the porch families. She finally says, Father, protect my children, myself, and this fallen world. Praying for innocent souls, neglected children, and animals. Heal their hearts in Jesus' name. Well, Father, you know all these things. We're not telling you anything you don't know. But you like it when we come to you as your children and we talk to you we petition you, we cry out to you, we praise you. We thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. We thank you for making a way for us when there didn't seem to be one. We thank you for Yeshua, your only begotten son, who you sent to pay for our debts, to shed every drop of blood as the Lamb of God so that we could be reconciled to you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for what you endured. We thank you for what you allowed. But more importantly, we thank you that you are alive. The The cross is bare. The tomb is empty. Yeshua, Jesus, he's alive. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you sent back the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Hakodesh, to work with us, to walk with us, to teach us and encourage us. Now, Holy Spirit, have your way. Overshadow everyone that's listening. Stir them up inside, Lord. If they don't know you, I pray that they get saved. If they're not spirit-filled, I pray that they would receive the Holy Spirit into them with all the manifestation of the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit so that you can use them. Bless this technology. Clear our minds. Open our hearts. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're picking up where we left off last week. We're going to take this a little further. Because if you're going to be in the war for the kingdom then you better understand that there's an adversary. Not just the world, not just the fallen world system, but the ones who rule this world, the kingdom of darkness and the God of this world, Hasatan, Satan. You need to understand how they fight. You need to understand the targets that they like to hit. Just because you're a spirit-filled, just because you have your name written in the last book of life, just because you have the name of Yeshua, the name of Jesus on your lips, do not think they're afraid of you. Oh, I know I've heard the songs i've seen I used to sing the songs now I cringe when I hear them because it wasn't true. They're not afraid of you they're They're crazy, they're diabolical they're They're the worst psychopaths that you could ever imagine. They're not afraid of you at the end. We hear uh, when Yeshua splits the sky during the Battle of Armageddon as they're fighting amongst each other, they turn their weapons on him. They're not afraid. They don't cower. They need to be subjected, and you need to understand that. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Messiah, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Let's look at the Amplified of verses uh, 5 and 6. Inasmuch as we, being the church and, and the Paul's writing, we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away, captive into the obedience of the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church a fully secured and complete. You know what that means? An insubordinate, rebellious church has no power or authority, and that's why we're seeing what we're seeing in the world. For too long, the church has depended upon man, depended upon world systems, depended upon their own schemes, and here we are. We were the ones that were supposed to subject the enemy. We were the ones that were supposed to take authority over these things. We didn't do it. We abdicated our authority, and we're dealing with that right now. But I believe that there's a remnant awakening to that responsibility, stirred up in their spirit, stirred up in their prayer life, that are finally ready to do what they needed to do a long time ago. So four spiritual weapons were talked about in there to conquer them. The destruction of strongholds, every reasoning of the pagan philosophers and the Jewish rabbis of the day and their dogmas that were attempting to nullify the word of God and the facts of the gospel. Nothing's changed. We still have it. These were fortifications. These were intellectual arguments that needed to be pulled down and demolished. Those same things are in parts of the church. There are members of the church that have taken upon reasoning and arguments and their own dogmas that war against the Word of God. We'll deal with that next week. But we're called to raise the banner of the cross high on the field of battle. That's where the victory started on Calvary. We got empowered in the upper room, and then we were supposed to be an army that rolled over the top of the enemy, and the early church did. For, for a good period of time, almost 300 years before Satan figured out how to subject them and shut them down. But this, this is one of the things that I want you to remember tonight. I mean, I want you to remember all of it. But no matter what you're going through, no matter how fierce the battle is, praise him. Speak it out. Shout it out. Sing it out. Change the atmosphere around you with heartfelt praise and worship. If you were at the Sea Conference last year, or you saw the saw the uh, seminar videos, we talked about intention. We talked about the voice. We talked about the power that comes out of you on the sound of your voice that can literally change natural elements, change the air, change water. You need. To change the atmosphere around you. I have a quote here from Joni Erickson Tada, and I want to read the quote, and if you don't know who she is, I'll tell you. She says, a sacrifice of praise will always cost you something. It will be a difficult thing to do. It requires trading in our pride, our anger, and most valued of all, our human logic. We will be compelled to voice our words of praise firmly and precisely, even as our logic screams that God has no idea what he's doing. Most of the verses written about praise in God's word were penned by men and women who faced crushing heartaches, injustice, treachery, slander, and scores of other intolerable situations. Joni Ericsson Tada is an author. She's a singer. She's a radio host. And oh, by the way, she's a paraplegic that has been confined to a wheelchair for 53 years. You think she knows what she's talking about? I do. Psalm 113, verse 3, from the rising of the sun to the going down, the Lord's name is to be praised psalm eighty six verse eight among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works exodus fifteen eleven who is like you, O Lord, among the gods, who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders, God had proven himself greater than all of the Egyptian gods. And folks, these were not wooden idols and statues. These were not imaginary things. These were real. They were fallen angels. They were demonic offspring of the fallen. They were very real entities that the Egyptians worshipped. They got their power from. They got their technology from. But it didn't matter no god or man could withstand his power his acts had already destroyed the land of egypt and the armies of the greatest kingdom on earth at that time and had brought to terror had brought terror to all the neighbors of egypt who saw and heard what he did that's how we should walk because we're not just talking about almighty god we're not just talking about the creator of the universe we're talking about our Abba Father. I mean, when I was growing up, that you'd have kids get into a fight. Well, my dad can beat your dad. Well, when I when I stand toe-to-toe with a fallen angel or a demon, I don't just say my dad can beat your dad. I say my dad spoke you into existence, dude, and the spirit he used is inside of me, so you've already lost. You need to know who your father is. You need to know who you are in him. You need to be able to say, who is like you? Who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, Father? When they use that language in the Bible, they're describing his incomparability. That in a world of all these little gods, he was unique. He alone was the one true God. There is no comparison to him. No person, no God or thing can be compared to our Heavenly Father. Psalm 96, verses 4 and 5. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. It's right there. Yeah, you worship something, but I worship the one that created them. No person, no object has any ability to compare it to the holiness and the power of a living God, of a creator. He's sovereign over everything. He's sovereign over everything good. He's sovereign over everything evil. You've got to get that inside of you, especially in what's going on right now in this world. You need to understand that. Stop looking at the ugliness. Stop looking at the violence. Stop listening to the news and social media and getting caught up in what this person is going to do or what that person is going to do. I only care what one person is going to do. I don't care about who's in the White House. I care about who sits upon the white throne of judgment. Praise the Lord. It's a declaration of his sovereignty over everything. Every morning, when I take the dogs outside, and I talked about this in my book, The Supernatural Battle, I look up at the sky. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, creator of the universe. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And I thank them. I thank them for the day. I thank them for opening my eyes. I thank them for my home, for my wife, for my family, for the dogs that are out there. I, I just thank him. I'm grateful. And I don't ever forget where he took me from. I don't ever forget what he what he gave back to me. Last week, we, we quoted a scripture, Psalm 149. And I used to have a, a jersey that I, I put this on to remind myself when I was doing spiritual warfare out every Saturday night at Christian Heritage Church. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment This honor have all his saints. praised the Lord. Where is that written judgment? It's in the Bible. Who are the kings? Well, the kings in chains are in the pit. They're the fallen watchers that are going to come out when he opens the gates. The nobles are the princes and the ones that head every principality out there. There are nations that stand against the the Lord God and stand against his children. That two-edged sword is the word of God. And the high praises of God, oh my goodness. That's what should be coming out of you. That's just not regular praise. That's high praise. And in every work, in everything that you and I have been called to do to execute the purposes of God on his enemies, there should be a feeling and a language of praise. Hearts should be full of confidence in God. They they should feel like they are not only just engaged in his service, that while they are defending the church, defending their brothers and sisters, defending themselves, while they are destroying the works of the enemy, they should be chanting his praise. It shouldn't be sad. It shouldn't be mournful. It shouldn't be fearful. It shouldn't be angry. Psalm nine eleven: sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. Isaiah forty two twelve. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what the rules are. Oh, you can't do that here. Sorry, I'm not going to let the rocks out praise me. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray in the restaurant. We're going to pray over our food. We're going to talk about the Lord. We're going to speak scripture. Not going to hold back. That even in warfare even when we are engaged in the service of God, that none of the fleshly passions that are usual in war should be there. They should be subdued, that rage, that anger, that aggression. We should have a zeal for God, but not human aggression. And we should always remember that we are the instruments in his hands to accomplish his purpose. We are about our father's business. That's how I approach it. I'm working in the father's business and I'm doing what he's called me to do. Therefore, let the high praises of God be in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. That the high praises, it's something, it's more than normal. It's, it's lofty. It's exalted. what we're doing for him in setting the captives free and pulling down stronghold, destroying the work of the enemy. We are engaged in something very special. We are carrying out the designs of our Father, the designs of God. We are executing his plans and purposes the eternal purposes of the Most High God. See Yeshua, the Lord, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that's what he was doing. And he passed that commission on to us. There's an importance to it. There's a dignity to it. There's an elevation in conduct that comes from no other source. The angels understand this. Psalm one forty-eight, verse two: Praise him, all his angels; praise him, all his hosts. What do they do? They're praising him. The angels around the throne—they're praising him. The four living creatures—they're praising him. The twenty-four elders—they're praising him. What are you doing? Oh woe is me! Where, where, where? I need a ambulance. Come on. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, 15. The enemy flourishes. I said this last week. The enemy flourishes when the church is silent. The enemy wants the church to be silent. Don't speak, don't preach, don't sing. What they tried to do out in California and the church just said, Yeah. Told you all the story about them leaving the building, going to the beaches, going into the streets, street corners. And I've I've seen all the arguments, well, you know, render unto Caesar, what is Caesar? But I, I see an example about this. That ties very well into what we're talking about in Acts chapter 4. It's set up in Acts 3 when Peter and John, they get arrested for healing the man at the gate beautiful. Go with me to Acts 4, starting with verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. When they had set them in their midst, they asked, by what power or by what name, meaning what authority, Have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to this helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Well, let it be known to all you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. The Holy Spirit can do that. And they realized that they had been with Yeshua. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against us. But when they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred amongst themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. It's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And they called them in and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Yeshua. This is the part I think lines up with right now with what's going on with this pandemic, which is what they're telling the churches to do. Can't go to church, can't preach, can't teach, can't sing, can't have your home fellowship. I think Peter and John had the right answer. And they answered them and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. I get it. It's tough to stand up for what's right. It's not easy. I've been living that life for, actually, since the day I was born. I did it for when I was unsaved, than I do it now. But more so now, I do it righteously. But let's pick it up. Verse 23, and then being let go, they went out to their own companions and reported that all the chief priests and the elders had set them. They, re, they go back to where the their other brothers and sisters and the apostles and the members of the church are waiting. They've been praying for them. So they tell them what was said. And when they heard this, they raised their voice to God and with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. See, that's Praise. They started out by praising him. They entered his courts with thanksgiving and praise. You are God who made heaven and earth to see and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. For truly against your holy servant Yeshua, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together. Now you're wondering, why, why are you telling them this? They're in a courtroom right now. They are petitioning the judge, and they're, they're laying out their case. They'll gather together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Yeshua. They laid out their case. Here comes the court's decision. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, which means more fire came in. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Meaning that fire knitted them together, melted them together. Not only were they filled with power, they were filled with his love. They were filled with his commission. That anything they possessed was not their own, but they had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Adonai Yeshua, Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And with great strength and ability and power, that dunamis of the fire of the Holy Spirit, that dynamic feeling, that, that, that thing that holds the universe together, the thing that makes mountains move, the things that makes walls fall down, and the power of the the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of Adonai Yeshua and great grace, loving kindness and favor and his good will rested richly upon them all. Do you want great grace? Do you want loving kindness? Do you want favor and goodwill in your life? Do you want it resting upon you? Well here's my formula. Praise him. Speak it out. Shout it out. Sing it out. Change the atmosphere with heartfelt praise. Stop moaning and groaning. Stop paying attention to the world. Stop focusing on the ugliness and start focusing on him. Get word inside of you. Get the Word inside of you get the Get the living Word inside of you. Get the spirit inside of you. The Word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's where we started back in the beginning about the mind, about the thoughts, about the heart. You know what you need? Thankfully, I got saved October of 1988, and from 1988 through about the 90s, there was some really awesome praise and worship music, old-fashioned praise and worship music, songs based on scripture. You can find them if you have access to Apple Music or Spotify or any of those places. You can find them. Look for Hosanna records or Integrity records. Look for the artist that sang the word. Paul Wilbur does it. Joshua Aaron does it. Get some praise and worship inside of you. Sharpen that weapon. Start singing the word. Start singing in the spirit. Do you have a prayer language? I hope you do. Start singing in it. Not only does it edify everybody around you, it edifies you. It edifies your spirit. Start living out Hebrews 13, 6. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Our brothers and sisters in Africa and China In Iran and all these countries that put them to death for worshiping the Lord, they live that out. We need to do that. We need to do it in humility and self-control. We need to be wise as serpents, meek as doves, but we don't need to be fearful and we don't need to be hiding. We can't worry about what are people going to think. Paul and Silas, they're in jail. They're in chains. They're in the worst part of the prison. And what do they do? They begin to pray. And they begin to sing for all to hear. And look what happened, Acts 16:25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Now remember, they'd been whipped. They'd been scourged. they are beaten. The, the, the chains and the shackles that are on them are, are creating wounds on their body. They're in the worst part of the, of the jails. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were singing the word back. They were singing the scriptures back. And the prisoners were listening to them. Let me say that again. The other prisoners were listening to them. And what happened? Suddenly, because that's what praise and worship does. create creates suddenlies. Suddenly, suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. You know, I never understood that when I first got saved. And I'd read that, I'd think, well, the angels did it or the Holy Spirit did it. They did it. By the sound of the praise that was coming out of their body that changed the molecules in the air that began to attack the structure, the cellular structure of the walls and the metal and the ground beneath them. That the praise that was coming out of them was like the voice of God. The praise that was coming out of them was like the voice that spoke everything into existence. They came into harmony. They came into tune with the Lord on the throne. And that sound that was coming out of them wasn't natural, wasn't normal, wasn't from this world. And it shook the prison. The doors flew open. Shackles fell off. And what was the next thing that happened? The jailer? And all of his family got saved and baptized that night. That's the war for the kingdom. Set the captives free. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. The dead are raised. Destroying the works of the enemy rescuing those caught in sin, rescuing those trapped in the darkness, even rescuing those in the mouth of the lion, like David did, just go in there, open that lion's mouth, grab it by the beard, and say, "Uh uh-uh, this one belongs to the king. Go with me Psalm 27. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to these words. And if you have to listen to this again, if you have to download it, if you have to... Whatever you have to do to get this inside of you folks, I'm telling you, I've been telling you this for 10 years. We started the porch back in March of 2010. We started Reflections in the Dark about the same time. For 10 years, twice a week, Wednesday and Sunday, I was telling you the word and I was telling you what was going on in the world. I was telling you the word and Joe and I were telling you what the enemy was doing. We were revealing the schemes of the fallen. We were out there before other people were out there. Oh, suddenly everybody's oh, they made made this documentary. Yeah, documentary stuff that we've been talking about for 10 years. We've been out there getting bloodied and wounded and coming under attack, but now people are going to do documentaries and videos on YouTube and everybody thinks there's something. We've been telling you about the storm that was coming. Without telling you I was prophesying, I was prophesying, I was telling you what was going to happen and it has happened. And I say this without any arrogance or ego, what I say, 99% accuracy, the only thing I miss on is timing. Because the Lord still won't put a little time code in the bottom of the visual. Just, we, we can't seem to agree on that. I've been telling you, a storm was coming. We are enveloped in this storm. It's here. I've been telling you what the enemy was getting ready to do, blitzkrieg. I told you that in 2011. I did it in the SEA Conference in Groton, Connecticut. And here we are, we're in the middle of blitzkrieg. We're in the middle of what the enemy's doing. And you know what? You know what I found out? For all the years and all the sessions of the porch and all the podcasts for Reflections in the Dark, very few people were listening. It seems like the majority of the ones listening were the ones that plagiarized what was said and passed it off as their own. But that's between them and God. I'm here to remind you we're in the middle of something, and you need to know this. You need to be able to go to Psalm 27. And you need to be able to say out loud. Maybe you need to practice it. Get in front of the mirror. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. (sighs) To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. Which for us is the throne room. The Holy of Holies we have access. The veil is gone. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. We know who the rock is. And now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies, all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Don't hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God, of my salvation. We know the Lord won't because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But David did not have that then. When my father and my mother forsake me or my husband or my brother or my sister or my friends or or people that I put a lot of time into, when they forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path, path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart. Yep, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. David is talking from experience. So you need to get that praise going. As some of my brothers and sisters say, you need to get your praise on. When that armor's on and the sword's in hand, you need to start singing. You need to start shouting. You need to start dancing. That's why I love my shofar. I can blow that thing. I can drive the enemy nuts with that thing. I can praise him with that thing. Praise him. Speaking of the shofar, Numbers 10, verse 9 When you go to war in your land against the enemies who oppress you, the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. That shofar represents the ram caught in the thicket. It represents Yeshua. The angels respond to it. They're going to blow it when he splits the sky to come back the second time. They're going to blow it to tell the church, time to go. We have to. It's not an option anymore. We've got to cast down imaginations, all the theories, all the reasonings, all the system of ethics that are above the word of God, or they try to place it that way. We have to demolish all denominational religion, all religiosity, the spirit of religion, methodology, metaphysics, which is the paranormal and the occult, doctrines or philosophies that defy the knowledge and the word of God. All of the boasted gods, all of the supposed ascended masters, all of the names that everybody out there worshipped, including Hasatan himself, they need to fall. All the lords, all the sacrificial and mediatorial systems that exclude Yeshua, there's only one mediator between God and man, no one else. It needs to fall before the gospel, but you better have it. And you better be obedient to it. You can't punish their obedience if you're disobedient. All of the philosophies of Plato and Aristotle and the Gnostics and the Stoics and even religious Judaism falls before the preaching of the crucified and risen Messiah. Paganism, heathenism, everyism is shrinked and wiped out before the gospel, the truth, the good news. And they can call on all the secular powers they want to defend it. Our defender is on the throne. We need to bring into captivity every thought. You need to capture those thoughts. You need to even tell your mind, mind shut up. Right now I claim the mind of Messiah. I don't have a human mind. You need to program, reprogram your thoughts, reprogram the way you think. Because when you get into battle, and I know many of you have never been in it. Some of you have. When the skirmish begins, there's no time to go, okay, what do I do now? No, it's got to come instinctively. Begin to take your thoughts captive. When you hear yourself putting yourself down, when you say, oh, I knew I was going to get that. Nope can't say that anymore. can't speak that into existence. I have to speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. Every thought that is contrary to the Word of God must be imprisoned and must be made captive to the obedience of Messiah. Lasciviousness, sin, vain and evil thoughts of all kind need to be brought down and be made obedient to Him. And that's anything, any thinking, which is contrary to the Word, contrary to his virtues, his purity, his righteousness matthew fifteen nineteen for out of the heart, proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft. False witness, blasphemies, maybe you need to turn off the TV, maybe you need to cut that cable, maybe you need to stop signing up for all these things and you flip it on and go, well, you know this stuff doesn't affect me. It's going into your mind, it's being heard your 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 skin, you're absorbed, you're botting it, but you're absorbing it go, go watch the sea conference thing. I explain that what it does to the water, what it does to your heart, what it does to your spirit. we're being affected by this. Mark 7, 21 and 22, for, from within, out of the heart of men. Proceed evil thoughts and adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. This is what I want you to do. And if you're struggling with what I'm talking about, I need you to get off social media. I need you to stop following Q or A or B or C or any letter of the alphabet that's got your attention right now. I need you to stop worrying about uh, any of the things that are happening. This is what I want you to do. I'm giving you a mandate of Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble... Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Stop worrying about the bones of the Nephilim and the bones of the giant. The only bones I care about are the ones that are not in a tomb in Jerusalem. Stop worrying about those things. I've got books and DVDs, some of which I've bought, some of which have been given by the people that gave those seminars that will never be opened or never watched again. I'm keeping them as weapons so that when the fallen come, I can throw them at them. No, I'm not going to throw them at them. I won't need that. Everybody else that bought them will. We need to be ready. Folks, we need to be ready. We got to be ready at all times. We have to be ready to speak. We got to be ready to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, the way Peter and John did after healing that man at the gate. Beautiful was forty years old, and by the way, Yeshua walked past him three three times that I know of, but he knew that it was Peter and John's assignment. That fortified city of our mind, of society, of the thoughts of society. These walls that the enemies have built up. These towers. These defensive things that they put into place, we need to call them down. We need to praise them down. That's what Jericho was. Sanctification, as they walked around and when they blew their shofars, the sound of their shofars came together and changed the molecular structure of that wall. And it fell down, it didn't just fall down, fall, fell down in front of them, created a ramp for them because the sound told them how to fall and the spirit was upon it and they went in and defeated it. We need to call it down. We need to call down the stuff that we see in society and the stuff that's going on right now. We need to speak the word against it. Your, your situation, speak the word against it. Stop speaking to things as they are but as they should be. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're the lender and not the borrower. Well, Richard, well, my what? stop Stop telling me about what your life is. Tell me what it should be. And I'm not doing name it and claim it. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm speaking the word of God. Because if you say it in faith, just the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountains of those things that are in front of you, and they're going to move. We need to stop being troubled about wars and rumors of wars. We do to remember the Lord told us in Matthew 24, 6, these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We need to remember John fourteen twenty six that he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, to teach, you, teach us all these things and to help us to remember what he said. He brought the truth, the spirit of truth. The warfare in this fallen world, the war for the kingdom, is for those who desire to live in the kingdom of God. And that warfare starts in their mind, it assails their heart, and it troubles their soul. So set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, the throne room things, not the things of this earth. Father, I'm coming to you in the name of your son. I'm coming to you as your son. Your resurrected spirit is within us. The same spirit that you use to speak everything into existence. That's inside of us. You're not outside of us. You're in us. So I pray right now to stir up the spirit in each and every one of your children that are listening. Maybe the embers are in danger of going out. Blow upon them right now with your spirit and set them aflame. Throw some wood on there. We revel in, we glory in, we magnify your name for what you've done for us. You are El Elyon, God Most High. You are the great Creator of all things. You are our Heavenly Father, and your Son, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is our Lord and our Savior. He's our Master, He's our everything. And we glorify your name. We glory in our relationship with you and the honor that you bestow upon this, uh, us and we rejoice. We shout, a shout of triumph over our situations, over everything going on about us right now, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, for a spirit of praise. And I'm talking about the kind of praise that Paul and Silas had. I'm talking about the kind of praise that moves mountains. I'm talking about the kind of praise that speaks and people get healed just by listening to it. I'm calling for a shout. I'm calling for a sound from your church right now, a frequency from the throne room, from you to them, from the broadcaster, the signal to them as a transmitter, as an antenna. Into this world, into our lives, into our businesses, into what we call church, start being the church. Let it flow through our homes. Let it throw through our flow through our lives. Flow through us, Lord. Change the atmosphere around us. Watch bones come together. Watch scar tissue disappear because the cells start creating the proper skin in that area. Watch the sound change in our life. Watch the thoughts change in our head. Watch the feelings change in our heart. Lord, glorify yourself. Glorify yourself right now, Lord, through us, through your church in this moment, in this time. Give us this power. Give this freedom. Give us this ability to go set the captives free, free, to push back the enemy, to shut off their access to this world, to pull down their strongholds, to destroy what they're doing, to open blind eyes, natural and spiritual. One last time before you return. I'm begging you right now, Lord. I'm begging you for the miracles. And the manifestations. I'm begging you for that exquisite sound from heaven. That we will just bathe in one day. Let the praise of the throne room. Touch your children. I've heard it. I've been in the middle of it. It's not from this world. It takes you out of this world. Touch us, Lord. Begin to reveal things in us right now. Things that don't please you. Things that need to be healed. Things that have been hidden. Pull them out into the light. And let them dissipate by your love. I just pray all these things. I pray them in Yeshua's name. Amen. Folks, really get this into you. The darkness that's coming the agitation, the ugliness, what the enemy's getting ready to do. If you become faint of heart, you will fall. But if you listen and get this inside of you, you won't. I believe that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall. Talk Radio.